kicking down the doors again with another smash bang edition of Inspire AD. I am Max Meehan, one of the owners of Austin, Texas premier indie wrestling company, Inspire AD. I am seated across the way from Justin Bissonette. And the best little wrestle house in Texas. He is the other owner. Um, whatever. You know. <laughs> We're getting back in the groove of this thing. Yeah, we are. We are. Getting back in the groove. Yeah. And uh, when last uh, when last you were with us, waffles, get out of here. Sorry, that's my dog. She's usually she's usually uh, really calm. She's pumped, man. She's excited. She's excited to be back and recording too. Um, yeah, when last we we spoke, we had covered. Uh, Ecstasy at Gold 3, The Gold Runs Cold, a notable card because we had changed uh, ring announcers. Richard Whitaker is now in the fold. Uh, Gives us an entirely different and, in my opinion, bigger feeling as a company. Um, We're we're, we're, we're definitely in a a pocket here. We're in a groove, you know? We've got, I think, uh, the Andy, Dalton, Matthew Palmer stuff is is pure gold we have controversy which is tim storm and davy vega in the mix you look at the caliber of talent that we're working with you know uh davy vega part of uh besties phenomenal indie tag team right now yeah. keith lee is our pure prestige champion uh now of course uh on the main roster in wwe um man it's 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 crazy and sammy guevara Ricky is Starks. Ricky like, Starks. Like, it, it, there's a really phenomenal just channel of talent here, and it's really amazing to see what yeah, they've gone on to do. I mean, you also got, we have Lance Hoyt, who's around, oh, who's, yeah. you know, New Japan, and then Tim Storm, who, you know, becomes the NWA champion and takes off on the 10 Pounds of Gold series, right? So, uh, very, very, this was. And this is kind of what we strive for, right? To make sure that the best talent around is showcased on these shows. Absolutely. Um, And we're also in that great creative pocket too, where we're doing, we're doing a lot to keep people coming back by creating storylines, by creating angles uh, and just maintaining things that are very consistent that people can follow along. I feel like a lot of times people who book don't really respect fans yeah. I think a lot of a lot of bookers that I've been around, they are too comfortable throwing the phrase "mark" around. I think yeah. I think if you can't, I hate the term "mark." I think it I think it makes the business feel dirty. I think it kind of demonstrates that you don't have a tremendous amount of care or uh, consideration towards your audience. And I think if you don't respect the people that you're putting your shows on for. You're not doing your best work. Yeah, you, and I'm, you know, this Barry Savant taught me this a long time ago. And um, you got to have three levels of respect. You got to have respect for yourself. You got to have respect for your craft, and you got to have respect for your audience. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, if not, then you're just fly by night, party we, bullshit. We we have other other promoters here in Austin who will tell you, oh, I'm going to tell you what you should like, and if you don't like it, you're stupid. And of course, those those guys don't draw like they used to, yeah. uh, it, if at all anymore. Get, you know, I'm the old school guy. I'll tell you, if you're telling the crowd what they want and they don't want it, then you're the one that's stupid. Like <laughs> you're the one that's failing. Like, 
Yeah. Um, so there were a few things, actually, storyline-wise, going into this show that we did yeah. not touch upon uh, during the last card. It was a, um, It's a jam-packed card. It is a jam-packed I think, card. I think the last episode's going to end up being a fairly long episode, so some of this stuff didn't quite make it, but very important going into this card, obviously. Absolutely. So at the end of the Inspire Pro Twin Dragon Connection Championship match, which was the crowning match... Between, it was a tor- tornado triple threat match between Dave, uh, Controversy, which is Davey Vega and Tim Storm. Of course, we had Dirty Magazines, which was Andy Dalton and Matthew Palmer. And, of course, we had Greg James and Jason Silver. Uh, and at the e- end of the match, we did something that played upon some personal history between myself and Jason Silver. Yeah. Now, Jason Silver called you out to strap on a pair of boots, brother. Yeah, but we have to go back. Yeah. We have to go back to a moment that occurred in ACW. And um, I'm not trying to put myself over, but if you piss me off, I'll beat the fuck out of you. Okay? Um, I've been a door guy for a long time. I was a door guy in New York. I've been stabbed. I've had guns pulled on me. Uh, I've been in over 30 fights uh, in Austin while I was at the door altercations. So I am not one to flinch, but I'm also not one to quickly anger. I don't get angry when people say mean things to me. It doesn't really bother me, but I do have one trigger and that's when you spit on me. You can't do much more than that to make me want to smack the shit out of you. So, do you remember? Do you remember this story that I'm about to talk oh, about? Oh yeah, okay. I was I was deeply involved with it. Okay, on the well, other side. Of- I would love to hear your perspective because it's one that I don't really have. Oh, I can only really speak to the aftermath because the actual incidents itself I didn't witness. So, I am I am I, I guess in some to some degree I was considered a legendary heckler. <laughs> at the ACW shows where I was initially introduced to Jason Silver's work. And Jason was in a tag team called the Lost Boys with Sky De, De La Cremosa. Uh They would come out in silky pajama pants that had, you know, I think he had like the him logo yeah. on his shit. I don't even know why. He probably um, liked him. I mean, obviously, <laughs> but like, what the fuck? Anyway, they were, they were, they were minted as the Lost Boys. They were the, they were the mall goth tag team. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's not a diss to say Jason is a pretty lean kid. He's, you know, he's yeah. kind of got an, he's got the body of alfalfa, let's just say. Um, but he's scrappy. He's yeah. definitely scrappy. He's a, tough kid. he's a tough kid, man. He can take a licking and keep going, yeah. you know? Uh, and he's definitely put himself through some shit, uh, while experiencing this craft that he really clearly has a passion for. Yeah. I will say that. <clears throat> But anyway, at one particular show, and I think um, you can you can verify if this is accurate or fair, but there are lines that wrestlers do not cross when you're at your when when you're interacting with the audience, and I think that uh, bar, uh, barring a fan putting their hands on you, you don't touch the fans, yeah. and you certainly don't spit on them. It's it's a. Uh... I would say it's cheap heat, but it's even beyond that. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, you shouldn't... Yeah. You Number one, yeah, you don't need to put your hands on a fan that is in their seat. 
you know if somebody if some wacko jumps in the ring and tries to attack you that's another thing yeah but if you're trying to get heat and you're doing it by i mean an act that you know 10 feet the other direction would be considered assault by a fucking police officer then uh you're fucking up bud you know yeah, and one thing I'm I I as as a as a door guy am intimately uh, aware of is that spitting is assault. Yeah. Um, so I don't really remember the context, but I remember I was at a show and I was probably talking my usual shit on Jason Silver when he came out, and uh, he was so incensed by what I had said, and it was nothing vulgar. I'm just good at making people sad. Um, he's he spit on me, and I and I remember. Everybody like gasping and going, oh, and me, I remember standing up and saying, I'm going to beat the fucking shit out of you after this show. I remember okay. saying that. <laughs> and um, uh, I think you even came down and talked to me and said that y'all would handle it. Yeah. And uh, that, that, that what occurred was not acceptable. Yeah. But this incident kind of spurred me being really angry toward him and even losing a little bit of love for the company because I, I don't think he was penalized for it in any way, shape or form. Yeah. And that, that was the issue. Um, so I am fairly good at doing what is referred to as a front agent job, which is making sure that everything in the front of the curtain is taken care of. Um, which is the role I've kind of fallen into, yeah. I think. Yep. Um, so like when this happened, I was taking a break from commentary. So I didn't see it happen. And then when I walked back to commentary, he's like fucking silver just spit on a fan. Like, fuck, you know, like what the fuck? Right. That's, that's when you're in that position, that's your mindset. And independent wrestling is built on the relationship with that audience. Right. So the number one thing is you better make sure that you do right by that. The person that's been wrong. Um, at this point in ACW, because this was this was 2012, right? Yeah. There was less and less of a concern about doing right by the crowd. Um, and I'll give you another example. Um, at a show earlier that year, um, one of the wrestlers had actually put his hands on a fan. Um, and I had lost my shit because that's unacceptable obviously and it's also a tremendous liability yeah and i was told <clears throat> that that wrestler would be cut from the company right so i went down speaking for the company and told that fan hey your next your next tickets are on us and he will no longer be working here well that decision was changed after that show and that wrestler came back which makes me Look, look like, like an asshole. Shit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It made you look like a jerk. Yeah. So, um, I remember this and that instant going through my mind and being like, I can promise fucking absolutely nothing at this state because I don't know if they have the integrity to actually go through with it. Mm -hmm. um, so, I remember talking to you and I remember telling Jason, don't say fucking anything. Don't say anything because there's nothing he can say to make that better. Right. I was legit also going to kill him. Yeah. And I think that you maybe knew that. I, I assume that there was potential for a confrontation. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, one thing that needs to be made clear is that while people like Darren love to go on about how 
the mohawk was their backyard. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. At that point, I was maybe 13 years deep booking a club down the street, and so Mohawk was more or less my home. That was yeah. that whole street was my backyard. So the security there were all very deeply aware of what had occurred. Yeah. They were all my friends. Every you know, it's like when you work at a club, there's a there's a there's an unspoken brotherhood. Hell, sometimes it's even spoken. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is that if you fuck with one person that works on that block. You fuck with all of them. So and at any point, I want if I wanted to, I could have just gone and beat the shit out of him and it would have been fine. But you asked me not to do anything. Yeah. And, and I, out of respect for y'all, I didn't. And I think I think the most dangerous part of the situation was that I think Silver still thought that it was him getting heat. No. And uh, <laughs> did not understand the line he had crossed because some wrestling circles are fucking stupid in this state. Um, but yeah. Um I think did I I think I comped your tickets on the next show. Nope. No, that didn't happen either. Nope. Yeah, I so th- this was late in the game. This yeah. this was late into 2012 and I basically I was not I was asked to handle these types you of said, situations. You said that my my tickets would be comped but they were not comped when I got there, which I was just like whatever. I'm, you know, I'll support the company. Yeah. I didn't to me it wasn't yeah. a big deal, you know. I was more or less annoyed that Silver uh was not penalized and that i think at the next show he apologized to me like, yeah I think, that was the issue i think you like, made him I, take me and said like luke i'm really no 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 because i knew that he wasn't capable of doing it in a way that was since not sincere like he probably was sincere he knew that he knew that i was mad yeah. because he did pull me aside in the mohawk and i i still remember you yeah. saying that he was going to make good with a with like a apology and he did apologize yeah. And I told him, man, you can't do shit like that, yeah. you know, because. Yeah, I, I did not think that him apologizing in person. Yeah. Well, I kind of wanted to make sure that I knew what he was going to say, you know, because I didn't trust him to fucking he, be tactical. His point, his point didn't work for me, yeah. but I still was like, you know what, man, just don't do it again, mm-hmm. you know. Uh and I can, and you and I were close friends at that point. I think yeah. you know we were we were we were in deep with you know watching Dragon Gate together and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and just having having fun talking about wrestling and you know the 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 seed for Inspire was there at that point. So um, there was obviously some overlap between ACW's crowd and our crowd. Yeah, we shared a crowd, and there were people who were very much aware of that moment. And a lot of people would, were, were saying, oh, Max will never let Jason Silver into Inspire because he spit on him at that show. And most people who know me know me that I fucking hold grudges like <laughs> a motherfucker. If you cross me, you're dead for life to me. Um, so anyway, I thought it would be fun to kind of play with that. Like, I, I'm, you know, I am a vengeful person. <laughs> Hence the, the title of the show, actually. <laughs> Faces of vengeance. Yeah. <clears throat> um, there are a lot of themes and elements of revenge and that are built into this show. And one of them was my inner based around my interaction with Jason Silver years ago where he spit on me. And Jason and I got together and we were like, we should do something fun with this. Because yeah. people people expect us to to do something. Like yeah. they're gonna expect. So um at the at the end of the tornado tag title match, Jason Silver gets a mic. Um, I think you're more versed in what he says to me. 
uh, than, than I, I remember being. It, it was something along the lines of like, um, prove to your son that you're a, a man. Yeah. yeah he, something along those lines. He called, So he calls me. I remember him saying that I was an awful father. Yeah. And that I wasn't a real man, and that I had no business being in the business because I'd never st- like like laced up a pair of boots, yeah. which is a conflict that I often find myself uh, facing. People saying that to me all the time. Like when we did the fireside episode with Matthew Palmer, he talks about it a lot. He jokes about it a lot. Uh, you know, I'm not a wrestler. I have no wrestling background, and therefore a lot of people don't think I belong in the business. So Jason cuts this horrible, horrible promo on me. I remember somebody screaming boring at it. <laughs> And I wanted to fucking kick the shit out of that person because it was pretty over. Yeah. I mean, it went on a little bit, but I don't think it was. Oh, you always have one drunk, you know? Yeah. But basically, at the last event, we plant the seed for what is advertised (laughs) as Max Meehan versus Jason Silver in a grudge match, right? Yeah. I There were certain areas that were, like, like, worried about what this would be. So... I think we definitely we hit the emotions that we were shooting. For. Oh yeah, people were people were because yeah, we wanted people to think, hey, they're gonna you're gonna have to watch Max and Jason either fight or, <laughs> or pull off a wrestling match, depending on your level of understanding of the business, right? Yeah. So I I think it was a you know maybe not the the best to be like yeah something really awkward is gonna happen here. Come see what it is. But there's that weird you know like. I got to see what what is this? How are they going to do this? But I mean, I, I think like also fans were entertained by like a lot of our sparring. I remember uh, after he spit on me back at the ACW show, I screamed, "You better break for your mom's Volvo right after your match, or I'm going to fucking murder you!" And all the people like erupted in like laughter and cheering. Um, and so there was like that dynamic. And yeah. Jason is good, yeah, at getting under people's skin. He yeah. is, yeah. and and uh, so yeah, on this card. One of the matches advertised is me versus Jason Silver. Another thing that occurred at uh, at the last show is um, following uh, the Starks Guevara match. You had uh, Sammy, who's still in a clique with the controversy guys, Tim, Tim, and uh, Tim Storm and Davey Vega. They ran out and attacked uh, Starks. Yeah. Starks, and of course Carson Carson makes his return. Car- uh, Carson Houston makes his return after a, a bit of a break. Too much, too much adulation, yeah. you know, and he runs out and kind of equals the numbers and, you know, drives the heels away, cleans house, and he's standing there back to back with, with Starks. And then, of course, Carson turns on him, which is not really a swerve, but mainly it's a statement that he's after one thing and Ricky has that one thing. Yeah. And uh, it was basically like a nothing personal, but you've got the title and I want the title. We, you know, we left Ricky laying quite a bit. Oh which yeah, is, is uh, what you do with a face? Though. It's what you do with a baby face champion. But Ricky, you know, in his way, hated it. He hated every show. Somebody was going to come out and just leave him laying. But that's how we built up to the next show. Like to me, that's that's wrestling one on one. The psychology of Ricky always being left laying was that there has to be some sort of frustration when you have the belt. Mm-hmm. But it's like. I remember arguing with him and I said, and, and he was like very much opposed to always getting laid out or attacked. And I said, but you've got the prize. You've got a target on your back. Yeah. Isn't that the point? Kind of like if you have what everybody else wants, they're all going to be gunning for you all of the time. Yeah. That's psychologically how that should work. You shouldn't come out and 
just have a cakewalk. Everybody <laughs> should be coming after you. Yeah. Like, it's it's basically you are in the Night of the Living Dead house. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all trying to eat you outside. So they're all trying to rip rip the doors down. So we set up uh, uh, with this show. We set up the return of Carson, Ricky versus Carson, which is to me a really interesting match. Um, but uh, yeah, this is. I think we're we're deep in a pocket of of really good stuff creatively yeah. with this particular show. And this is, I mean, Carson and Rick, we'll get to it in the match, but that's a great intersection of uh, Ricky and the style of wrestling that he's doing, and Carson and the you know them both coming from the same school. It meshes together really well. Yeah, they're both both AAPW students. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they did come from the same wrestling school. Carson uh, presents as a more traditional uh, wrestler. Yeah. Ricky, I don't even know how you define him. Yeah, he's Ricky. Yeah. I think that's what makes him so special, too. Yeah. he's And he's very diverse. So, anyway, the first match on this card is... Matthew Palmer versus Gregory James, which is playing on the beef that was instigated at Tagcade, where Matthew Palmer took out both Jason Silver and Greg James. Matt and Greg being very intimate with each other as far as working matches, they, they're very keenly aware of each other. Yeah, and I think Palmer was a bit of a mentor for Greg yeah. early on. So, you know... Uh, we knew we could get something could out of this. Say, you know, Palmer, I think you guys talked about on the fireside, right? Yeah. He was almost his trainer, you know? Yep. Like, um, so he's kind of, you know, sensei and, you know, I was going to say Padawan, but I don't want to go too Star Wars crazy. Yeah, please don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, that, that's our opener. And it's just these guys who've, who've met before who we know can just give us something good. But the context, of course, is what makes it matter. And... uh you have any any uh, insight on this match? Anything oh, that sticks out to you? It's uh, it's almost cheating, right? Because you put these two together, you know exactly what you're gonna get. Yeah. Um, solid match. Uh, Greg picks up the win over Paul Homer, you know, which is a little surprising. Yeah. You know, but, but we're, we're at this point in time, we're building to well, that. Like, we're building something here. Yeah, yeah. Even if we don't pay it off or didn't get to pay it off. It, it it gives Greg something in the uh, eyes of the audience, but also Palmer is so fucking over at this point, it doesn't really matter, you know, to him. He can walk away still looking, looking like a million bucks. Um, so, the next match. <laughs> um, this, I, I'm surprised, <laughs> but I assume that we did this. This is, is Barrett Brown versus Delilah Doom. Mm-hmm. Um, but in his corner is Submission Squad. Yeah, so at this point, we we had to break up the Barrett-Scotty uh, tandem because Scotty was almost full-time in Mexico at this point, right? Yeah, he was living down there. And we built up this storyline where the Submission Squad have decided that they're going to mentor him. They see something in him. And so we kick off this angle where Barrett is basically just going to be hazed and tormented by these two guys. It's it's our way of really also getting Submission Squad on the cards without really taxing uh, Pierre. Yeah. Um, I find both Pierre and uh, Jalistico to be hilarious. Yeah. And I think they did some good work here. Um, just in general. Yeah. There were moments that were not great. 
Yes, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to one of those. But this is also um, they film all the backstage promos and stuff. Yeah, and they do the uh, the promo that's basically line for line from um, oh fuck the the goddamn movie the uh, M- mankind Terry Funk Jake the Snake movie. Yeah, Beyond the Mat. Beyond the Mat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. So they're basically trying to turn Barrett into this grizzled veteran. Very much a cartoon character. They're basically trying to make him Jake. Yeah. <laughs> they're trying to make him Jake the Snake. Yeah. Uh, without the snake. They're basically <laughs> like, they're trying to like put some hair on his chest. Yeah. Basically. It, and like, what's great about this is it's it's satire of all the shitty parts of wrestling, which those guys ex- excel at. Yeah. The other added benefit is having Pierre around as a resource. Like, I think no, that can't be understated. Just you, to be able to get as a backstage guy, yeah. you're not going to find many better, you yeah. know, right now in the indie scene. Like he is, he's he's a joy to be around, right? But he's also he's also really just just great at. Oh, he's it, on his stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. That guy's an asset wherever he goes. He's he's a walking asset, man. He's great. Um, but yeah, you want to you want to go over this one? Yeah. So up next is Mike Dell versus Alex Reigns versus Moonshine Mantel. And this is kind of presented as this curveball thrown at this group, right? Um, to, to, to create division from yeah, the management. Yeah, to create division. And the, the onset is, this isn't going to happen. We know Mike Dell's the guy. He's going to be the guy to do it. And uh, Moonshine kind of is like, well, I don't, I don't know. I kind of want a shot at that belt. And Reigns is like, well, you know, I'm pretty good too, you know? And I think in the promo, does like, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> and, uh, so by the time the match happens, right, it's like Dell's out there thinking they're just going to lay, just gonna the, lay yeah, down for him. Finger poke. And, you know, it's Moonshine Alex. They're very physical. So it turns into this extremely physical three-way. Mike gets pissed off. Um, you know, a pissed off Mike Dell is extremely physical. And, and, and just, just for the record, this is a triple threat to determine who will next challenge uh uh, Ricky, Starks Ricky Starks for the Inspire yeah. Pro title. So there's a there's a there's a title opportunity at stake. Yeah. And these guys all want that opportunity. Mike's coming from this place where he's very much insisting that since he's the leader of the group, he's gonna get the opportunity yeah. and these guys better step aside. And, but these other two young bloods are just like, nah. Yeah. Yeah. So classic classic Max Max storytelling here. Um so yeah, in the end Mike gets his uh gets his shit together and, and picks up the victory. And so that basically paves the way for. And here we are again. We're we're setting you up for next month, yeah. next show. And also, also, kind of plays into this thing where we had Ricky, who represented a new dawn in Texas wrestling, uh, kind of going up against more traditional adversaries, facing the old guard. Yeah, yeah, definitely what we were building toward. Um, but I had high hopes for this. But a lot of times I encounter just people having personal conflicts. So even though I was setting up and building things that I thought could really pay off and push people into another echelon and really re- reinvent people in the process, uh, there was a lot of foot dragging heading, heading out of this match to the eventual match we got. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, but... we'll get to that next episode. <clears throat> anyway... Yeah, up next is the the first of the uh, the new XX division. So this is Jessica James taking the hunting, on the hunting champ. The hunting champ taking on uh, Brittany Wonder. 
And <clears throat> Britney's did not mesh, I think, exactly with what we were. The match was great, but there was a lot of comedy coming from Britney. And I think we were looking for something a little bit more, you know, sports grounded and, and serious, at least at this point. So while, while the match was acceptable, the match was good, um, it wasn't quite where we were looking to go. And uh, I also feel, you know, we had brought in hoping that maybe we could pull some eyes from Hood Slam. I think we discovered that people that watch Hood Slam watch Hood Slam. There was not a lot of a crossover unless they were already fans of our product. Absolutely. And I'll also say this, though. Brittany was a Brittany was a delight. She was super sweet. Um, yeah. I enjoyed being around her, and yeah. I really enjoyed just her presence, man. She had a great energy to her. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, I loved this match just for the, the sheer uh, colorfulness of it. I thought the match was actually pretty solid. Um, it was a good match. Yeah. Uh, it, it, was, it was indicative of what we wanted from this whole hunting champion gimmick. Yeah. I, I loved it. It was, yeah. it was different. It had a different vibe. Yep. I, loved, I loved the association with Hood Slam. Um, yeah, and and uh, what was cool was I was able to learn a lot about Hood Slam and and uh, kind of you know how they operate. So def- definitely would be into working with uh, people from there again. Um, and like the other cool thing, right? I'm a big Marvel guy, so we were able to do like the Rogue versus Miss Wonder thing. Yeah, which was kind of fun. Little comic booky. Yeah, uh, and I I mean so. That was something that I, I was like, yeah, go for it. But in hindsight, kind of took away from the seriousness that the match could have been. But what was next on Jessica's agenda? Oh, yes. <laughs> so this was awesome because um, afterwards she called out Vanessa Craven because she wanted, she wanted her win back yeah. against the mountain. Yeah. And uh, that got a great response. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think Vanessa was always one of our most requested yeah. Returns. She was um, awesome. I always loved hanging out with her. Up next, we have Andy Dalton versus Sammy Guevara, which uh, was a match I was very excited about. This was on paper. This is very sexy, and it's Dalton going after Guevara, a former stablemate. Yep. Who who you know who had he'd been jumped out by? So yeah, this is this was a this was something that I was very excited to see at the time. Yeah, and. Um... Two, I mean, how could you go wrong with these no, two, honestly? Yeah. Uh, the big thing here is at the finish, right? You got uh, Steve-O comes out with a ladder and attacks both of them. Uh, and this is the fun... I think you got, you and Palmer talked about this on the fireside. This was the moment where Steve-O comes out and goes, I don't I don't care if everyone's cheering you. Like, you were a dick to me. Like, I I, I know who you are, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, man. <clears throat> yeah, we talked... We, talk, we did talk about this, and... One of the things, one of my big pet peeves in wrestling is when one week you have a guy who's done all this horrible shit, and then the next week, because he's he's suddenly, you know, at odds with somebody else that yeah. happens to be a heel, everybody's like slapping their asses, like all of a sudden, it's like, <laughs> it's like if, oh, oh, your alignment has changed, I don't care if you tried to kill me last year, let's, let's... Let's go do this tag match together. <laughs> and then it doesn't make sense. I, I can't stand yeah. that. Um, and I, we got to do something that was really exciting with Steve-O, who had uh, kind of been absent since Sammy smashed 
the uh, the J crown after yeah. taking a loss. So this was Steve-O coming back. Um, I'm not sure if we should go into this. Yeah. Let's just say that he had some he had some personal issues he had to take care of. Steve O had yeah. uh, Steve O had a period of absence which we designed our stuff around. But this yeah. was Steve O's return after dealing with some of his issues. Yeah. He came back and I was very excited about this. But you have Steve O come back and he's like, "Oh, I'm going to kill Sammy, and <laughs> I'm also going to kill Dalton." But I love that Steve O is basically going after a heel and a face. Yeah. But he's just refusing to let the crowd's adulation and acceptance of Andy uh, sway him in any way. He's like, you were an asshole last year. You're always going to be an asshole. And yeah. uh, basically, this sets up this sets up a, like a J-Crown match. Like, yeah, a, a ladder match. Yeah, a ladder match. Um, it, I mean, I think it also, that kind of becomes part of Steve's character Yeah, a lot. So... It, we play off of this a lot coming forward, um, and it really adds depth to what Steve-O is, right? Yeah, this is this really kicks off something that's really important in our company. We're starting to build towards something that that is really massive. Um, but this this that promo that he cut in the ring was great, uh, and Steve-O, Andy, and Sammy were like top tier in my book. I was very excited about where we, we where we were going with this. Um, anyway, uh, we'll get we'll get into the more of that as we go along. But yeah, the the, the return of Steve-O at this show was big. It, it was a big moment. Yep. Um, let's let's touch on something else um, that happened at this show um, that just kind of it doesn't affect anything else. So I think this is a good point to get into. This was the Lance Hoyt birthday show. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Which I you know so. Um, Relatively recently, we have switched to Ray Zombie on the the um, as our video producer. Oh for these boy! Shows. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh <laughs> so, boy! So, but I'm actually gonna I'm gonna put him over a little bit here. Like during the show, it is incessant of Lance just ringing the bell or making noise, and as you watch it back, a lot of that stuff has been cut out. Yeah, like and, and so, uh, <laughs> which probably would distract from the show. Got Lance a ton of heat, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Um, he had didn't he have like a cake? Yeah, a cake table. and balloons and yeah, yeah, and uh, it was a great way of having him present and on the show. <laughs> and, but you know, Lance is just such a joy to be around. Yeah. You know, it, we always did what we could. Lance was a guy who was always like available, sort of always last minute, so it wasn't always yeah. easy to get him on so, a card. You so know, there was also there was a lot of times. Where if we let's say we couldn't have Lance on, Lance would come down and just do something as a favor. Yeah, you know he wasn't going to kill himself for us, but he would come down and help out just yeah. because he wanted to help out. We love Lance. Yeah, I love Lance. That's I mean, I'm I really want to make sure that I highlight people that are good people a lot more than you know in the past. You wait till it's too late. Yeah, but Lance is another one of those guys that's just has really gone out of his way. To help out, not just us, but everybody, however he can, you know. Um, he's, he's got a great mind. Yeah, there's there's certain people that once they get signed, go, I'll fuck everybody else. Lance goes, how do I help everybody else? And I think, yeah, you just got to kind of put that over, right? Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so throughout this show, there's there's Lance and ACH at the Lance Hoyt birthday table, <laughs> just ringing the bell and making noise. <laughs> which is obnoxious. a very which is a very Albert thing. I mean, Albert would be making noise and being obnoxious no matter what was going yeah. on. Yeah, we had. Uh, I think this was there was definitely a a bit of uh, tension between Albert and us at this point. Yes, um, he was present and he was visible and he was a distraction a lot of the yes. time. Albert always has had something negative to say too during the meetings, even if he wasn't on the card or even technically part of the roster. Yeah, he was always just kind of being very disruptive and insulting all the time. Yeah, he uh, definitely hated pre-show meetings. So yeah, any time that there was one, he you know had to disrupt it somehow. But the pre-show is always so like important for those for those for those that don't have the insight. This is one of the insights that you probably want to hear about if you're listening to this show. So before every event, uh, shortly before bell time, we get all the wrestlers into the ring. We go over the card. There are things that you kind of want to get across. For example, you don't want, if you have a match that is going to be heavily outside of the ring, you want to make sure that everybody on the card knows that the match that has the outside of the ring stuff going on is going to happen so that they don't go out of the ring a ton themselves. So you want to make sure that your matches are unique you want to make sure that people know the finishes to all the matches. And I mean as a whole, so that people aren't doing the same spots, the same finishes, you know. So it's it's important to, to engage and talk about, hey, this is what makes this match unique on the card. Please don't do that in your match as well. Yeah. Um, but also, it's great when you have out-of-town guests. You get them out there, and you, you get to, like, say, thank you for coming out here. Everybody gives them a round of applause. Um, but, uh... I love the pre-show meetings just because it's it just gets everybody on the same page, and Albert did not like that so, shit. <laughs> so a little a little perspective from being in multiple shows, there not all pre-show meetings are created equal. There are some that are just useless and fucking self-serving and really drag on, and I try to I try to prevent ours from being that way. Um, and then they're, they're, they're fairly quick and painless. Yeah. I think, I mean, we just kind of go over like match times, match yeah. order, uh, any major changes to the card, anything like that. But, just so everybody kind of is on the same page, yeah, bust a little balls, break a little ice. Um, but then there's, <laughs> there's also shows that have no meeting that are complete chaos. And that one of the, we did not have pre-show meetings at ACW, um, it would have been impossible to anyway because you had the crowd just outside the yeah. other side of the wall and you there was no roof. Yeah. So there was like really no privacy. So um, the way that that was done was myself and other members of creative going match to match and going over, you know, basically doing the pre-show meeting a million times with no connective tissue, which led to a lot of freewheeling, you know, so... Um, yeah, that's your... Uh... The, and the pre-show meeting was actually something that we gleaned from Robert Evans. Yeah. He's the guy that actually said, I think this would benefit you. Yep. And it was like one of those things that he brought to the table that really helped us. So yep. I must give him credit. Even even if I've said in the past that like there was some friction between us, uh, Robert is one of the greatest wrestling minds I've ever encountered. Yeah. So and he's that that was a great suggestion that really helped our product, I think. Yeah, he, defi- he definitely was the one that was like, okay... This this is how this meeting should be going if you want it to be effective, you know. So yeah, that helped out for sure. Um, let's dive back in the card, man. So yeah. um, after this, we have Davy Vega and Tim Storm versus Jared Wayne and uh, 
Johnny Swole is who fills in for Kurt here. So this is kind of what we were looking at doing with Johnny. Um, it, not know, much of not much of a spark here. No, there's just not much here, and it's it not. It wasn't the same pump patrol. Yeah, it just wasn't the same. Um, so the mat the match the match is just there. I yeah. think I think that's fair to say, but it's still you know there's there are a few fun moments. Um, because because Vega and Storm are fucking hilarious yes as, a, as yeah. a team uh i gotta put over again like so many people were like this is this pairing doesn't make sense but when you saw those guys together they made it work and they were so funny um great great team and they made they made whatever whenever they were in the ring eyes were on them yeah you know? um, I, it, I, I think it brought out it brought out a different personality in each of them mm-hmm <laughs> <laughs> playful, very playful. Yeah. Seeing Tim be playful too is so <laughs> is so is so great. Um, and after that, okay, so after this match is the marquee, <laughs> the marquee piece of the card yeah. where you have, as advertised, myself <laughs> versus Jason Silver. And I think at this point, like, I wasn't about to get into ring. In reality, this is the way it is. It was yeah. just it was just something kind of fun to tease and dangle over the crowd's head and just see how people responded to it. But I'm also I'm not a trained athlete. I'm not a wrestler. And I, I and and you know, I, I I knew that, but also like I just I wanted to give the fans something, you know? Um but I also wanted to flirt with this history that Silver and I had, which we touched upon earlier uh, at the start of this episode. Um but this is one of the unique times, though, that I—I I think the first time that I spoke into a mic. Yeah. At a at a Inspire company, I remember also uh, one of the greatest compliments I've ever received was from John Golson, who at this point we need to touch upon. Yeah. They were doing the Inspire Pro Recap show, yeah. um, and the, I remember it was Slam Masters, right? Slam Masters, yes, sir. Which I miss, yeah, so much. But I remember. Golson actually saying, "Holy shit, Max can talk." Yeah, which is, I think, a lot of. I, I got I got that a lot. <laughs> um, when you sit at the door and you're inert and you don't really talk a lot, yeah. when people finally do talk, they're like, "Oh my god, <laughs> sentences." Um, but uh, yeah, I cut a I cut a promo on Jason Silver here, where I basically said, uh, "You are a human tire fire." But I cannot take away from you that you have put a lot into miles on the road and, you know, oh, my God, all the, the makeup and the nail polish you steal from your mom and the clanging and the banging. I had people laughing. Yeah. Uh, I remember. I mean, you, you've rewatched this recently. Yeah. Um, and I said, you know, I'm not a wrestler, but you are. And I think that you deserve a legitimate opponent. And then Masada's music hit. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> I remember the crowd popping really yes. big for that. So, <laughs> so here's where here's where it gets fun, right? Um, so as we were stating, Silver was having health issues at this time, and actually had had an incident at a show, like the show before the like the day before, or two days before, right? So he goes out there and he forgets, much like when Gregory James and Masada wrestle, Jason forgets the entire match. And Masada basically has to just beat the shit out of him because <laughs> he's forgotten everything. Um, so now it it literally looks like a fucking wrestling hit job, you know. Um, 
So, like, after the match, like, Jason gets eaten up in this match. There's He no gets other. fucking destroyed. Yeah. I mean, it's an evil, brutal thing yeah. to watch. Yeah. It is not what was intended. No. Um, I remember uh, uh, we have two fans, uh, Greg and Shayna. And they were very mad at the fact that we had booked what they deemed a squash yeah. job to make Jason look bad. And that was not the fucking case. Yeah, that's right. Jason yeah. kind of shit the bed yeah, out man. there and, and, and Masada had to pick up the pieces yeah. and it looked fucking brutal. And the funny part is we always wanted to bring Masada in and let him just wrestle because he's he's actually, you know, he has amateur skills. He's a great, he's great uh, chain wrestler. But he never gets to show that. And both times, the match descended into just crowd brawling. So, like, um, you know, I think finally later on we were able to get that a little bit when we put him and Cobb in the same ring. But, um, yeah, so <laughs> after the match is done, I'm like, what the fuck? And I remember Albert coming up and being like, how did you even put him in the ring? I was like, what are you talking about? Well, he passed out two days ago. We oh, did not you're know. You're going to tell me now? This is the, you know... This is like, you know, let's count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seventh match on the card. You're going to wait seven matches in the card to be like, oh, you're really going to let him wrestle? He fainted fucking at a show two two days ago. Like, if anyone had told us that, we we, we could have figured something out. Yeah. Um, But yeah, there, there's if, if you were pissed at us at the time for fucking squashing out Jason, we didn't want to. That wasn't the intention. Um, <laughs> it's... You know, just happened that way. Yeah. I I think I had something very different on paper anyway. But it was supposed to be like my middle finger to Jason. My revenge, yeah. you know. But yeah. like Not literally though. <laughs> not no, not literally at all. Like I didn't I, I, I there are people that think that I like I set him up to get killed. Yeah. Like that 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 was like Masada shooting on him. And that's not what happened. As someone who has watched <laughs> Masada reality. as someone that has watched Masuda Masuda Masuda, Mas- Masada shoot on people. Uh, that is not what that looks like. Trust me. Yeah, but it still looked fairly ugly. It was. The, not- I mean, like he beat the piss out of him with a chair. Yeah. And I remember though going back there, Jason did take some fucking lumps. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that. So I mean, that to me, that's a, that was a great moment. It was fun for me to like actually get on the mic and, yeah. and talk. Um, and uh, it it was funny. <laughs> It was funny, but then later scary. And um, yeah, if we knew, if we knew that Jason was not well at that point, he would have been gone. Not 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 unsent- not like fired. Not gone, fired. Just not on the card. He would have been on the card. Yeah. Because you know, health health foremost, man. Yeah. You know. Uh, and fuck him for not telling us. Still, we we I, you have to be kind of mad when somebody isn't yeah forthright with you because something really bad could have happened. Yeah. You know, As, like especially that match, like you know, that's going to be very intense and very yeah. physically demanding. Um, the, up in that cart, I mean, we talked about the chemistry here, Carson and and Ricky Starks, um, both from the same school. They they were very close at this point. Yes, they were. I, I think they. I don't know if they still are or aren't, but um, they were extremely close at this point. Yeah, they, um, they were very excited about this match. Yeah. in fact, and they had a lot of stuff planned for it. Um. This also has that crazy moment where Ricky whips Carson into the ramp. Yeah. And Carson, like, busts his head open. Yes. And uh, so there was some color in the match. Yeah. Um, I think a few of us were a little worried about yeah. that. But um, <clears throat> but this match was 
phenomenal. I remember this match being like, this is, like, Ricky at this point is putting on matches that, to me, like, really elevate the title, but also really, like, he is where I want him to be at this point. And um, I think the most scary thing about the color was we weren't sure where it was coming from. No. Right? Yeah. It was one of those where we knew that there was a blood and blood was coming, but we couldn't pinpoint what had happened and how it was coming. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, these guys, these guys killed it. Um, makes you really miss Carson. So, <clears throat> um, so from that, we go into, uh, Cherry Ramones versus Joey Ryan. And this is right about the time Joey had gone viral with For proposing, the proposal. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Joey at this point has really discovered the power of, the gif right or the clip um so he's he's trying to hit as many of these as possible um and so in this one he actually proposes to cherry yeah and that's part of the uh part of the finish this was this was kind of a fun match just because it was a meeting of characters cherry cherry ramon's very much playing the latin lover uh type character who you know comes out to pour some sugar on me wiggles his ass a lot and uh Drives the ladies wild, and then of course you have Joey Ryan. Um, it's a fun match. Yeah, it got it, it was it was what it needed to be. Yeah, and and what's kind of crazy about this, right, is that's a name coming in. At, and, the, at really at the at the height of like a meteoric popularity, yeah. like it it felt it felt big, and it was a great moment, and it it was it was it was fun yeah i think a lot of people forget that pro wrestling can be fun and this it, was definitely a a fun moment and i mean what i really want to point out here right a super over you know name coming in uh cherry ramones who's a, a big part of our roster and a push commodity this is the you know this is right before the main event this is a tone changer oh yeah if you look at this show i mean <laughs> that's what you might at, if it wasn't the names involved, call that a cooldown match. Yeah, you know, we, um, but we never did that. Yeah, uh, to me, to me, like uh, people will go, "What is your what is your booking ethos?" Yeah, and I always say Halloween Havoc '95 yeah. because there's an ebb and flow to it where you have different matches mixed up. That's to me what always made Nitro one of the greatest shows ever. And I'm talking about that first hour. Not the later shit with, you know, the NWO yeah. drama. There was always that first hour where you would get crazy cruiserweights, luchadors. You get... British the, wrestling. British wrestling. Yeah. You get such a such a mixed bag of stuff. And when I think you do stuff that represents a, a, a wider variety, um, it makes the more impactful stuff more meaningful. It really it really defines and, and it really defines just... When you want that moment to really feel special. Yeah. And I, I, that's what I think you can really take from this, right? That we may have changed uh, tone here, yeah. but we didn't change quality at all. No, definitely so not. That's just really because important you're, Just because emphasize. you're changing tone doesn't, you know, don't, don't, don't put somebody that's not right for that spot to change tone. Yeah. We never put, we, we would never put willingly a match out there that's yeah. bad to, to emphasize the greatness of something to follow yeah. or to give people an opportunity to go to the bathroom because yeah. fuck that sit in your seat yeah. and squirm a little. But, I don't but care. I mean like, I, I think that's a mistake other promoters make. Oh, definitely. I think this is a great example of, uh, 
of pulling it off but not dropping your quality. I look at this as being the ginger on the plate. It's like a palate cleanser. Yeah. And, you know, we come out of Carson and, and, and Starks, and, and that's a great physical match. It's it's kind of brutal. And then we go into something more fun, and it's not a lull. It's just yeah. different. And then we go into our main event, which is Keith Lee versus Scott Summers for the Inspire Pro Pure Prestige title. And this, at this point, feels really special. Because, you know, Scott's the one that, that brought the belt out originally. Yeah. You know, that later became the Pure Prestige. Um, so there's a finality to that. Um, on top of that, it's just... At this point, the Pure Prestige is kind of our intercontinental. You know, it's it's there's shades of gray, but I mean, it's the second belt that's been introduced, right? Yeah. So, and we're going to get to that in this next year, but it's a built feud. There, this, there's a very deliberate idea here yeah. behind what I'm doing. Yeah. And uh, it really began with Scott. I mean, I pitched this angle at the very start of the company. Yeah. So this is something that's being like, we're years into the company and this is a storyline we've been working yeah. toward for years. And this is the, the pure prestige title headlining this show. Yeah. Right. Um, and in a built match. Right. And we built a, a contender and it's a contender that is going to lose this match, you know, um, which I think is really helped elevate Keith, mm -hmm. you know, I think, um, also Roxy. Yeah. Yeah. This is really when, yeah. This, this is where that becomes her thing. Yeah. Right. Um, the genesis of Roxy really being Keith's hype man. Yeah. And I, I, I just don't, I don't think we can understate how important this, this was to, to all the things and the things that are going to come forward in this next, next year. Um, to have this moment and, and to not only don't just build somebody up when they're going to take the belt and then the next thing, but you got to build people up in between. Right. And you kind of see it throughout the shows, every level we're trying to do that. You know, we, we build the pumps up so that they can be a credible defense. Right. And, and then we get a defense. Uh, you know, we're constantly building up contenders, even if they're not going to take the belt off you still put the effort in to build them up to make these belts mean something and be meaningful. Is that enough? Uh, so fellatio on our creative there. No, that's, <laughs> I mean, I, mean that's, that's, I think that's what sets yeah, us apart is yeah. that you, you have all these sets of stairs that yeah. people are climbing. Yeah. You know, it, I don't, I know when I watch, when I see people who have hours and hours and hours of TV to play with and nothing feels meaningful. Yeah. It, how, I don't know how that happens, yeah. you know. And people say, "Well, if you were doing this job, blah blah blah." I'm like, "Well, I wouldn't know, but I'd like to think that I could do better than what I have been seeing lately." Yeah. Because it's like nothing builds. There's no logical progression. Nothing evolves. It's just here's wrestling. Yeah. And I think like, to me, it's, it's <laughs> I don't like wrestling without context. Yeah, we we used to say right wrestling was a soap opera for dudes, right? Now it's just became a soap opera that just happens, you know. It's, it's like you know. Is it even? An, is it even? An opera, if there's no drama, like, like there's, not. it's yeah. not really a soap opera because yeah. like no, nothing goes anywhere. You know, it's just it's this weird variety show. Yeah, you know? absolutely. It's the Brady Bunch hour. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, anyway, that this 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 show sticks out to me just because it you know we we never did another Faces of Vengeance. I was a fan of the media and the, and the post work for it, which had uh, Ricky in his uh, in the Game of Death gear, yeah. uh, which he connects with a bit. He was I think he was happy with the, the media for it. Um, but this was a really strong, meaningful show. Yeah, yeah. I was really happy with this. Anyway, um, if anybody has any questions out there, please send them our way. I uh, hope we hope you enjoyed today's uh, edition. We'll be with you again next week when we cover Splendor in the Smash. The dumbest <laughs> show name I've ever come up with, and I love I love that I love that title. I hope we bring it back again someday. Anyway. See you guys again here next week. Same 80 time, same 80 channel. Uh, Bye-bye.